Hello, and welcome to the Vevolution podcast. Vevolution is a global organization promoting plant-powered positive change through events and a wide range of content created to inspire you. Each episode of this podcast will share with you stories and ideas told by positive change makers leading the way in shaping a better future. Rachel Armour is a vegan chef and cookbook author. In this talk, Rachel sits down with friend and fellow vegan Venetia Lamana to talk about what first made her switch to a plant-based diet, how to encourage people to eat more vegetables, being vegan when none of your friends are, and dating as a vegan. This talk was recorded on the Vevolution stage at Vevolution Festival 2019. It's my absolute pleasure to in, to interview and also introduce all singing, all dancing, vegan cooking queen and author, Rachel Ammer. Give it up for Rachel. Hello. You've got a dance on as Hello. well now, babes. <laughs> no dancing today. I love how you introduced me. These is like I should come on singing and dancing. Yeah. But it but didn't happen. Yeah, I know. It, it's a little bit of an intimidating space to be dancing and singing. Maybe we do that after the interview. Maybe. Yeah. Um, it's so lovely to see you. It's lovely to see you too. It's a joy. It's always a joy to chat to you. Um, mainly because I always feel like you are just this beacon of positivity and light. Oh, thank you. And in the w in in the, in the midst of a climate crisis, it's always nice to have <laughs> those people, isn't it? It's always good. Um, so, Rach, let us start by winding back the clocks, as we always do. I always think it's important to kind of lay the foundations before we uh, understand how you is that you got here today. Yes. So let's talk about your uh, career journey and also your vegan journey, because the two are very interwoven for you. Yes, they are. Tell me where to start, because I never know how far back to go. I could start telling you about when I wanted to be a professional footballer, but like that's nothing to do with my vegan journey. Yeah, so no, but I do enjoy those stories. <laughs> so let's start with the your transition to a vegan diet and how that happened, and also maybe the, the lactose intolerance just before that, because I think that's kind of linked. Okay, right? yeah. And maybe your mum a bit as well. My mum a bit. It's always good to get your mum involved. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you met my grandma too. I did. You did, my oh, Welsh granny. joyous yeah. Welsh granny. Um, so about when I was a teenager, we're going to go straight into lactose intolerant then. When I was a teenager, I had a lot of different health problems, um, all of which I went, my mum wangled away to get me to see specialists because I was under a certain age. So I got to go to Harley Street and um, meet the doctors and tell them all the problems I had. And no one understood what I had. No one even said, um, what are you eating? Can you do a food diary, a food chart? They all just said, oh, that's strange. Um, here's some laxatives for that problem. The other problem, we don't really know why you're having it. Uh, maybe try some painkillers. Um, I had even an operation, what are those keyhole where they go in and have a look and try and figure out what was wrong and, and nothing came up. And um, I was in so much pain and I was a teenager and it was just a bit like, you're so young, Rach, you shouldn't be leaving your friends to go home because you're, you're not well. Um, and then eventually, after not getting any advice, my mum, who studied nutrition, she was like, you know what, Rach, I just think you're lactose intolerant. And um, at that point, it was so painful. I was like, okay, process, of, yeah, point, yeah. process of elimination. I love my hot chocolates. I love cheese on my pasta, but I don't feel great. So let me just cut it out and see what happens. So I cut it out, massive changes. Like I had like so many different issues. And um, they just started to kind of slow down and they were less prominent. 
Then not long after that, I traveled to South America in the States, found a whole love of food. Like I was in like I was in Argentina and Peru and Bolivia, Colombia, and then I went to like New Orleans and stuff, and I was just surrounded by like so much food. And I came home and my mom was like, Who do you think you are? Like chefing it in the kitchen <laughs> all of a sudden. She's thinking, like, I remember you before, you weren't cooking, you was relying on me. And um not long after my love of food got even stronger is when I watched some documentaries and saw animal farming and um, just heart broke. I felt so tricked, so like angry. I was like, what in my school? I looked at the food chart and you put meat, fish and dairy and you told me that is how I stay healthy and that's a load of tut. And I was just angry, like how could that happen? And then I also, growing up in London, in a city, I was never on a farm. I never saw the animals, I just saw meat. So all of a sudden I could make a connection between animals and my pets and then the food I ate. So it was a very instant click of a switch. And then I went vegan. And did you go vegan overnight or was it a gradual process? Overnight, so my last supper was my friend's mum does Monopoly night. It's my friend, her boyfriend, it's a lot of fun and she made a lamb <laughs> roast dinner. And um, I felt really bad at that, that day I decided to go vegan. So I was kind of like, this is my last meal. And then the next day I went vegan. And how long have you been vegan now? Around four years. Okay. I think. So yeah, I think quite new. Yeah. But actually, four years is quite a substantial amount of time. <laughs> Some people have been vegan for like... I know. <laughs> when I meet an, a vegan OG who's like, for 15 years or even yeah. more, I'm like, are you like a levitating monk? I don't know how to, how to even I handle this. I love it when I meet people that are like, yeah, when I was like seven, I looked at meat and I was like, I don't want to eat that. And I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had that. It's crazy. I wish we had more education about it. And I, yeah. and I was the same as you. I looked at my plate and I saw meat and I didn't think that that was the, what I was seeing in fields. Yeah. And I was in the countryside. So Lord knows how I didn't put two and two together. But I think a lot of this starts with education and just 100%. awareness. So let's talk about your decision to suddenly put your out there on the internet and start making videos on your incredible YouTube channel. <laughs> what made you think, right, I've got to put this out there. there what, what's, what was that? What was, what, how'd, how did that happen? Well, it was more of a case of when I went vegan, I was like, I, one, I, wa I want to be healthy because my mum studied nutrition. It was always important for me to be healthy. I want to thrive because I, my decision was animal welfare. I don't want to have to go back. Like I want to stay healthy, but I also just want my food to bang. I really want delicious food. And people would constantly be like, Rachel, what are you making? Like, it doesn't make sense because none of my friends were vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian or I don't know. There's so many different flexitarians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was very much, I'm, I was surrounded by like people eating chicken all the time and people so all of a sudden, Rachel, who was eating chicken all the time, was like, no, I'm not. And they just thought it was straight kale. I think that's when, like, clean eating was, like... At its highest, yeah, yeah, so you just assume, oh, so you're just eating, like, kale in grains. And <laughs> I was like, well, they taste amazing, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I started... I was so passionate about going vegan because I saw the health benefits. I saw the animal welfare. I saw the environmental impacts. I wanted more people that I kind of knew friends, um, people in my social networks, because no one was vegan, just to kind of see like what I was making and the easiest way. Because people would ask me for like a recipe. And when like I had like I was working, like I don't want to give you my recipe right now. Like I'm at work and then I don't think you're gonna make it. I don't know you're gonna make it. So I was like the easiest way is just to share it on YouTube and just see what happens. And then I just started sharing. And it just went from there. It went from there. And it, you 
your YouTube channel grew pretty quick, quickly, right? I don't, I don't know what's quick, what's not. It feels like it's been pretty quickly, but I guess that's always. There's no such thing as an overnight success, right? Like this has taken a lot of graft for you. Oh, it, I people would ask me about YouTube, and I'd say kind of, you just have to be consistent. So for the first, I don't know, 16 months, I had a video every Sunday, and I was working in the week, so it would be like. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, I'd film, edit, and put up a YouTube video. So I just didn't have weekends, but it was like, if I'm going to share this, put the graft in, put the work in, and see what happens. So kept being consistent. Kept and pressing on. Kept pressing on, even when I really couldn't be bothered. <laughs> and then pretty soon after that, you got a book deal. I did get a book deal, yes. Rachel Armour's Vegan Eats. Rachel Armour's Vegan Eats. Tell us all about this wonderful book and um, how the kind of experience has been for you writing a book and releasing it and putting it out there to the world. Really scary. Because <laughs> one, I didn't think anyone would really care when, um, when I spoke with publishers. Obviously, I'd be like, this is my book idea. These are the recipes that I'd love to put in it. I'd love to have like music in there. Like It was all very much things that I loved in the book. Like, hopefully they'd be interested, but I, I wasn't that sure if they would be. Unfortunately, they were. Um, and then it was like, cool, so you've got a couple months to put a book together. And I had no idea, like, the process, like, no idea all the hard work that goes into that. So it was, like, the craziest this time last year. Absolutely bonkers, like, recipe testing, um, writing out the recipe, um, writing a little introduction to make you want to love the food that I'm sharing, um, then the food photography, and then um, it was just a lot, but it was amazing. And what I really loved about the book is I was, my publishers were very clear on you can put, you can make this book yours. I didn't want to put a book out that was just a generic vegan cookbook for no reason. It, it really wanted to like resonate by putting music I love in it, by putting fabrics that my mum got in Sierra Leone in there with the, with the props and just putting the albums that we have at home and like the pages and stuff like that to make it feel like you're like cooking with me in my kitchen. It's so. so cool. It's so personal to you. Yeah. I love it. It really does. I, I was in, I think I was in Waterstones the other day, um, you know, just whiling away some time and I was looking on the shelves and yours, yours really does stand out. Really? It's really, really wonderful. Thank and it's you. just been so refreshing to see you do so well with it because obviously we know this is a predominantly white movement right and i think that you know you're so important in this movement and seeing you on tv on daytime tv has yeah. just been amazing now obviously in this room we're in a bit of an echo chamber we're all pretty on board the plant-based train and we can say things like oh pork vom <laughs> but you can't really say that on this morning with Phil no. and Holly. So no. how, have you, how have you found kind of communicating your plant-based message yeah. to the mainstream, to the masses, and how has the reception been? I think I've never been too sensitive about when people be like, uh, like you're vegan, gross. So I, like, what did Avon say when I went on? He went, oh, when I heard we we're doing vegan food, And I was well, like, thanks for the one. intro. <laughs> yeah, he went, Bleh. But then he was like, vegan cream, Rachel Lama. So it was like, I don't really care because at the end of the day, I get to share like such an important message. And I put my African peanut stew out there and I went back the other day and all the staff and crew were telling me, I've been making that recipe nonstop. I've been sharing it with my friends. And for me, that means more and more people are making vegan meals and finding a love for the food. So the message is, is there. So I don't really mind I remember, I think, um, Phil this time, he said to me, oh, yeah, Rachel, because you used to chicken, eat chicken all the time, right? Would you say a little bit too much? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> How did I get here? So it's interesting, but 
I think my passion for food and sharing delicious food is just my kind of core message that I like to share. Your food is really, really delicious. I've been lucky enough to try it firsthand. And you've recently collaborated with By Chloe. Yeah, Tell us about that. This is awesome. Yeah, um, By Chloe, which is from America. And now they have four stores, five, four, five. Uh, Covent Garden, Oxford Street, um, London Bridge, O2, that's four. They have four restaurants. That's great. (laughs) Tick, 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 tick. Thank you. Um, They asked if um, I'd collab with them. So I put three menu items on their menu for the whole of November to celebrate. My favorite one being the barbecue jerk cauliflower, which keeps selling out, which is amazing because it is good. I think no one expects what it's gonna taste like. So everyone who bites it is like, rah, like this is mad. So that's why I like. I love that. And do you, in terms of the future, having done this collaboration, does it make you think that potentially you'd want to, I hate I hate that I'm being that person who's like, so you've just done a book, what's next? Yeah, what's your business plan? What's next? <laughs> like, what's the next step? I hate that I am that person. What you're doing is amazing. We should really, really bask in that, in what you've created. But does this collaboration maybe think that you would like to do more menu collaborations, potentially have your own cafe one day, or are you just like, nah, let's stick with this book. I'm good, Venetia, piss off. No, I, I <laughs> never piss off, please. I love you too much. Um, also, I, w- I wanna spread veganism as far as I can. I think the best food comes from around the world. And um, when I can go to an Ethiopian restaurant, I can big that up. One of my favorite places to go is in Brixton, Eat of Eden. You love that place too, right? Oh my God. So I, I want to be able to big up all these amazing chefs, all this amazing vegan food and spread it as much as I can. I want to help young people who aren't aware of all these different fruits and vegetables that they can eat and that they can enjoy and that they can cook with. Um, so I want to do a lot to help change the way we let meat consumption consume us. Um, for young people. you we, We've spoken in the past about your friends and your omnivorous friends um, and their kind of reaction to you going vegan. And you mentioned earlier in, the, uh, earlier in this interview about how they couldn't quite believe that you'd gone vegan. And I think the majority of them aren't, uh, that none of them have made that change yet. How, and I think this is something that comes up so much if, if you guys are veggie, having non-veggie friends, especially when you first go vegan, can be quite tricky because you're so passionate about it and you just want to talk about it and spread that spread that love with everyone because you're so into it and you're so like, oh, the wool has been lifted from my eyes. Let's talk about this. I want you to go vegan. How have you handled that with your mates and how have they, they've obviously seen, it's not just, they don't just see you in terms of, you know, you hanging out with them and seeing what you're doing one-on-one and hearing about it. They see you on the telly. Yeah. So how's that kind of experience been with your mates and, and how's it going? I feel like... I <laughs> no shade to my friends, but I feel like in the beginning they were just like, "What is she doing? <laughs> like, what is she doing on YouTube with this vegan food?" And now because it's it's a thing, people are like, "Oh, rah!" Like, shit. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's amazing, and I never like I'm n- I'm just not someone that likes to tell someone what to do. It's it's just not me. So I always just try to share what I do and hope that people will love the food and through that will kind of be like, you know what, I want to give this a go. I want to try vegan. Like my friend Josh, who's been on my YouTube, he's been dabbling in the arts. That's what I call it when they're kind of playing. I'm like, you're dabbling in the arts of veganism. Um, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of, that's my kind of trying to help people. And like family barbecues, I'll make a big 
thing and bring it. And then everyone's like, oh, wow, vegan food. Well, this kind of pressure was on now because I was like, Rachel, you made a book. There's no way you're coming to the family barbecue and you're not cooking <laughs> something from the book. You're like, I just want a day off. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that answers. Yeah. And moving forward, think, thinking about kind of big family gatherings, obviously holiday se season is fast approaching. Yes. Um, how do you advise people when it comes to having more of a plant-based holiday season and, and what would your suggestions be to someone who is vegan but their family absolutely aren't and maybe this is their first vegan Christmas or, or yeah. social gathering? Well actually in my first two vegan Christmases there was still meat because it was just me who didn't want it um, but I just made a gravy that I could have. I made sure that the potatoes just use olive oil instead of I, I don't know if people still use ghee or dark fat I don't know if people still do that um so I'd say like make a gravy you can make such delicious vegan gravies I'm pretty sure I, I have one or I will have one on my YouTube channel um all your roast veggies are incredible like if you get carrots and you just mix them with some maple and some orange and some thyme and some rosemary that's an epic side tender greens like and if you want to add something like what do people like adding like bacon with their greens just use like coconut flakes with like soy sauce and paprika. So I guess what I'm trying to say is um, make a couple sides and, and everyone will be looking at your plate and it'll be colorful, full of all these amazing vegetables and they'll be looking at you going, oh wow, like maybe I could do that next year. Do you do, do you do a centerpiece for yourself or do you just go all the sides, all the stuffings, all, the, all of the side dish? Well, this year I'm cheating because I'm going to be in Nigeria. <gasps> oh, <are> you? <laughs> That's so exciting. I'm in a friend's house and they have catering and they ordered a vegan Christmas for me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But so that is kind of cheating. But I would suggest um, a centerpiece. Yes. And what would you, if you were to be in London? For I've been toying with these for the last couple of weeks. Because I'm, I just I'm don't assuming know. you're thinking about hashtag content as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I've I've literally just. Where's Daisy? Daisy's in here. Daisy was biting my ear off about um, making sure I had some good vegan recipes for Christmas, which is essential. So I I don't know because do you like seitan? I can't eat. I can't eat gluten. It. Yeah. It, it, well, I, I'm not gluten intolerant, but it just it leaves me feeling a bit. I think it leaves everyone feeling a bit. If I have bleh. too much, yeah. It's just gluten. Um, so that was like one thought process, but I don't normally cook with it, so I was like, nah. Um, I don't love nut roasts. You don't love? I love a nut roast. Do you? Oh, that's ah. my one of my probably a death row. Maybe dinner. you need to make me one and convince me. Okay. <laughs> I had a really good one the other day, which was just super simple, like nuts, breadcrumbs, veggies. It was good. It was. Yummy. Okay. But I don't... You're so <laughs> not convinced. You're like, really, Venetia? I'm not mm. sure. Can we briefly touch on dating? I always bring this up with you because I think it makes you feel a little bit awkward and maybe I enjoy that. Thanks, hun. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. But how... But I think, again, I think this is an important thing to talk about. Like, you're a really passionate vegan. Yeah. And it's something that's really important to you. Yeah. When it comes to dating, do you... Does... Does the person you're potentially going to date have to be vegan? Well, here's the thing. Um, initially, I said no. And like, oh, it was, it was cute, weird. I know that I made a joke on my YouTube. It wasn't a joke. It was real. I said, if I did date, I think I did it last year. I was like, if I'm dating someone that's not vegan, don't come and kiss me if you've just eaten chicken. Like, that's gross. And then the guy I was seeing, I was with him. And then he went and brushed his teeth before he came near me and I was like oh honey you watch my YouTube <laughs> <laughs> busted <laughs> busted um but after I met and hung out with you this summer and you were telling me how easy it is for you and Max because you're both vegan I was like oh yeah that does sound a whole lot easier mm. 
than dating someone who isn't, which I've only experienced. So, I don't know yet. But ideally. Or maybe open-minded. Like, you meet them and you're like, yeah, I could definitely turn you. Yeah, I've not even dated open-minded. I've, I, I don't, the people around me just, like, laugh at me, like, tease me at the cinema. I'm like, oh, is there butter in your popcorn? They're like, oh, Rach. And I'm like, it needs to be vegan or <laughs> I'm not eating it. So um, I'll, I'll try and be more like you in the future. Well, I, 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 it's just <laughs> how it happened. Not about me. No, 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 let's no. move on. Um, let's talk about... <laughs> you brought it up. I did. I know, I did. And, and I screwed myself over by doing that. But what I find really interesting is a lot of the vegan guys I meet are like, yeah, I'd only date a vegan. Mm. And then the girl's are like, no, I just would be with someone who's open-minded. Because we are. have to be. <laughs> because the majority of us are, we're like 80% females are vegan. Anyway, yeah, hi, we are. Hi, yeah. lads. How's it all going? Uh, if you're single, make yourself known to other <laughs> single people in the room. I don't know. Right. Um, let's talk a little bit about sustainability because yes. I feel like we can't have the conversation about veganism without talking about sustainability. Of course. Especially now. Yeah. Um, how are you making positive changes in your own life in order to be more sustainable? Does it end at a vegan diet for you? No. Or is it more than that? Um, so my mum owns a gift shop, which she has for the last 20 years called Type Mumsy, entrepreneur, and working her ass off seven days a week. Um, she sells stuff, right? This was like my first introduction to like being more sustainable. And it was really interesting. I'd been working there since I was like 12 years old. And people would always ask for a plastic bag. Like it's a gift shop, so you can get greeting cards which are wrapped in plastic. And then someone will be like, you'll give it to a customer and they'll be like, can you put it in a plastic bag? And you're like, it's in a plastic cover. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, and my mum, like, we made the decision to stop having plastic bags in the shop. And it pissed off. Sorry, I'm saying no, that's fine. It it's annoyed fine a lot of customers. And that was kind of my first kind of like, wow, like, plastic bags became such a normality that whatever you buy, no matter the size, even if it's like a blooming sharpener, can I put it in a plastic bag? And it was, it's no, it's no one's fault. It's just the way no one was taught better. So, um, I just try and take steps. Like one, I don't use plastic bags. Two, I use Ecova, which I find amazing. So I top up my washing up, more my laundry detergent and things like that. I try as much as I can to shop in stores that don't have stuff wrapped in plastic, but I just feel like it's so impossible, especially like when you go somewhere to like Marks and Spencer's, Tesco, Sainsbury's, no shade, you just want some spinach and it's wrapped in plastic. And then you're like, well, I now I need to go to a farmer's market to get fresh produce, which I think is going to be the future anyway, because we need to start eating more, um, what's locally the word? And locally and seasonally, because it's better for our body and it's better for the environment. So I think that will be a shift anyway. Mm. I'm just kind of excited to see it happen. So I'm taking my steps as well as being vegan and hoping, I think it's more about making decisions and being conscious on how this can or might not affect the environment beyond yourself. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us some positive feedback on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. By doing this, you'll be helping get messages about inspirational, positive plant-powered living into people's earbuds. Until the next time, take care, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon.